chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. <clears throat> Last week, we dealt with our identity in Christ and how Christ deals with our past, that He forgives our past through the blood of Jesus Christ, that He It is important that we understand our identity in Christ for our present, that He promises to be with us, to lead us, to direct us, and also our identity in Christ affects all of our future and all eternity. And one of the problems that we have as believers, is we forget who we are in Jesus Christ. How many of you ever had your parents say to you when you were getting ready to leave something along this line? Now, don't forget who you are. Don't forget what family you represent. I don't want you doing something that... How many of you ever had anything like that done? Okay. Um, they, they wanted you to remember, at least in their mind, we don't act like all the other fools around, you know. Honestly, we do. So, um, but they were trying to call you to a higher standard, okay. They were trying to get you to stand off their shoulders, all right. But honestly, as believers, it is so important that we remember not only who we are as a believer, but that we remember whose we are. We are not our own. We are bought with the price, and we belong to God. And it's, it's not like a burden. It is a rich, rich privilege. And we went over last week the privilege to be a child of God, the privilege to have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us to guide us, the privilege that we have access to the Father at all times, and many of the other riches that we have in Christ Jesus. But yet we are so prone to latch on to other identities rather than our identity in Christ. Paul in 2 Corinthians was being challenged. People were, were saying, Paul's not really a follower of Christ. He's not an apostle. And, and they were saying that to people that Paul was used to help bring them to Christ. And some of the people were believing it. So Paul kind of stepped in and, and gave a defense <clears throat> of his apostleship, a defense of his relationship with God. And we're just going to jump in at at verse 22 of 2 Corinthians 11. He says, Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they of the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. And then notice he lists the things that He's done as a believer and experienced in labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequently, in deaths often. From the Jews, five times I received 40 stripes minus one. 
Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Night and day I have been in the deep, in the journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, beside the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. And he goes on and says, Who is weak, and I am not weak? Who is made to stumble, and I do not burn with indignation? And he says, If I were to go on and boast, I would boast in my infirmity or in my weakness. Now, Paul could really cling to these things that he's experienced as his identity. And and honestly, if if you're playing one card against his card, he would trump everything we played because no one else has experienced what he did, what we read there. And he could say, look, this is who I am. I've been shipwrecked. I've been stoned. I've been left for dead. I've been all of these things. And, and he could stand in arrogance about that. But as you read through Paul's epistles, he said, this is the one thing that I glory in. I glory in Christ. I glory in the cross. I don't glory in my experience. And he gives, God gave us a little indication of his experience. But he said, in Galatians 6.14, God forbid that I should glory except in the cross of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. His identity, and we will see as we go through this, his identity was Christ. And it was Christ that made him endure and be able to endure all the things that he endured. So we asked this morning, where do you find your identity? What is it you identify with? And there, there are some good things that we can identify with. We can identify with, I'm a hardworking, honest person. That's a good thing. We can identify, I'm, I'm a family man. That's a good thing. We can identify with our job, with our accomplishments. We can identify with our possessions. We can identify with our past. There are many, many things that that we can identify. But anything we identify apart from Christ will eventually fail us. I can say... We can say, I am a hard-working, honest man, but the day may come when you can't work hard. Physically, it comes to everybody. You were, but today I may not be. We may say, I am greatly committed to my family. That is a great thing, but the reality may come that 
despite all your efforts, there may be great tragedy that strikes your family. Anything we identify, find our identity in, apart from Christ, will fail us. And many times what we identify with, we hang on to in fear that it will be lost. I, I've identified as a grateful and blessed American. And I, I was raised to be thankful for America and to be a, a proud American and a love America. And, and I'm grateful for that. But you know what? That can't be my number one identity. Because much of what goes on in America today, I hang my head in shame. America is spreading more evil around the world than any other nation. And don't get me wrong, I love America and I want to do what I can, but my identity isn't that. And our identity has to come back to understanding who God is and what He has given us in Jesus Christ that is the only identity that is permanent. Jesus Christ came not just to give me another identity. I'm, you're identified as your family name. I'm identified as a St. Lawrence. I'm identified as a male. I'm identified in these things. But it's not just to add Christ. It is Christ over all, and Christ in all, and Christ through all. And when I come to realize what I am in Jesus Christ, it will affect every area of my life. In my flesh, we have been gifted by God with many different things, characteristics, talents, abilities, but They are riddled with pride, imperfection, and self-effort. And we are born into this world with the gifts that God's given us, natural gifts. And we have a desire to use those for our own benefit, for our own blessing, for our own name. I'm going to make a name for myself. And in so doing, we seek our will more than God's will. And then we are prone to hang on to any glory that comes our way rather than God's glory. But when we come to realize, I am a sinner, I am filled with pride, I am prone to go my own way and do my own thing, in disregard for God, and I realize the end result of my own way is separation from God for all eternity. But then I come to realize amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. 
was blind, but now I see. That is only through Jesus Christ. And that is a new identity. That is a, an identity that he gives to us. That I am now righteous. I am now loved and able to bring glory to God through the gifts that he has blessed me with. Not by any of my own doing, but by the grace of Jesus. That he has made me righteous in him. And God says, I have loved you in Jesus Christ. I have loved you. I have forgiven you. I have cleansed you. You are my child. You are in my family. I will shepherd you. I will use you. You are a part of my program. And your life is in is very significant through God. But apart from Him, we are left on our own. And we cling to these other identities that they all will fail us. Only Christ will never fail. So once we've come to know Christ as our Lord and Savior... We should be filled with perpetual praise to Him that He loves us enough to take our broken, rebellious hearts, forgive our sins through the sacrifice of His Son and give us a new identity, a new name, a new purpose in life. And when... Christ is our identity, there will be a number of things that will be real in our lives. And I want to list several of those here today. In, in Colossians 3 that we read earlier, he said, If indeed you have come to know Christ as Savior, set your mind, set your love, set your affections on Christ, not on the things that vanish. And he says, as you do, it will chart the course for your life. It will give you a number of things in this life that are only possible through Jesus Christ. But we have to set our minds on things above. And when Christ is our identity, number one, and I'm, I'm going to list several things here. When Christ is my identity, it's he that I live for. I will no longer chase after the desires of my flesh, but instead I will seek to bring God glory in every area of my life. The memory verse, Colossians 3.17, or the next to the last one. Whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, do all to the glory of God. Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. When I come to realize my identity is in Christ, my life, He is my life, I owe everything to Him, I then want to set my affections on things that matter for eternity, and I want to bring glory to Him. I'm, it's not about bringing glory to me. Wow, look at me. Look at, look at what I can do. 
Look how good I can shoot this gun. Look how much weight I can lift. Look at these great things I can make. It's to do all those things to the glory of God. Turn to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 15. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, he's listing what's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it, But he who does the will of God abides forever. So he says, all the things that we can get our identity from in this world will pass away. The desires we have to fulfill the flesh, the desires we have of our own pride, the desires we have of of our own pleasures, they're all going to pass away. But he that does the will of God abides forever. It's temporal, momentary, fleeting, or eternal. And when Christ is our identity, we, we no longer have a desire. I mean, the, the battle is there, but we understand this is, this is pleasure and sin for a season. It's not going to last. It's going to have bad consequences. So... I am going to desire to live to bring glory to God because of what He's done in my life. We will not be crushed by the failures of this life. We won't get lost seeking the attractive, empty things of this life that end up greatly disappointing because we understand I am here For the purpose of glorifying God. Every human being was designed and made by God to glorify God. And when we come to say, oh, that's my purpose is to glorify God. It's like using the tool for the right purpose. It works. It, whoa, this, this fits. This is, this makes sense. So, one, I'll no longer chase after the desires of my flesh, but instead my purpose is to bring glory to God. Number two, when Christ is my identity, I will no longer fear the future. We can trust that He will provide us with everything that we need for this life and eternity. Our identity in Christ has given us direct access to the Father who we can call on with confidence and complete trust and know that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. My identity is in Christ. My life is Christ. That's the purpose of why I am living. Yeah, but what, what, what about this and, and what about that? I've given my life to Christ. Several weeks ago we said, give God the pen and let Him write the story of your life. When God has control of the pen and He's writing your story, you know how it's going to end. He writes a good ending. 
And I don't need to worry about the future. I don't need to be given over to fear. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a disciplined mind. This is what God has given us. So see, my identity, oh, it's just up to me and, and, and myself. No, I am God's child. He's got his arm around me right here. I am right by his side. I can trust the Father. I need not fear the future. When Christ is truly my identity, I need not fear the future. Thirdly, when Christ is my identity, I have a strong desire to fellowship with God and His people. Those you love, you desire to spend time with. If we really love God, if we really come to grips with who He is and what He's done for us, and we can identify with Him, we have a desire to spend time with Him. And how do you do that? You do that through the Word of God. This is, this is how we spend time with Him. If we really, really struggle with getting in the Word and really neglect the Word of God, we can't say our identity is in Christ. When we identify with Christ, when we really make Him our life, we, we have a desire to the Word, we desire fellowship with Him. The same is true with prayer. An opportunity to go talk to God, the one that transformed my life, the one that forgave my sins, the one that has ministered in my life and, and has pardoned me. We sang this morning about the pardon that He's given us. I mean, I owe everything to Him and you do. We say, well, I worked hard. Who gave you to the ability to work? Well, I worked hard and prospered. There are many, many people around the world that have worked hard, harder than anyone here has ever worked, and they've never prospered. Everything we have is from God. And spiritually, understanding He is my life, man, I want to hear from Him. What's He got to say for me today? I need to talk to Him. Honestly, if our identity was, was in Christ, the prayer meeting should be the largest attended meeting of any service. Sad to say, it's just the opposite. But I want to talk to you. I want to, in, in our daily lives, to to pour our hearts out to Him. We enjoy the fellowship with God and with His people. Why? Because we're on the same team. When my identity is in Christ, I have no need to judge or compare myself to others. Why? Because I understand God designed them for a specific purpose He designed me for a specific purpose. 
One person is filled with creativity, while another person glorifies God through uh, hand-work talents, some through their voice, some through other things. One person glorifies God as a CEO, while another glorifies God by doing the janitor work in the building of the CEO. One glorifies God in the way they seek to raise their families, while another glorifies Him in the way they seek to use their singleness to honor God. God hasn't put every one of us in the same cookie cutter. So when Christ is my life, it's like, what do you want me to do, God? And my mom used to say this over and over again, what Peter said. Jesus said to Peter, Peter, I want you to go feed my sheep. And he said, well, what about John? And this is what my mom said over and over. What is that to you? You follow me. And when my life is Christ, it is It doesn't matter what God's asking that person to do. And I don't need to compare myself. I don't need to try to force them into my mold. This is what God's asked me to do. This is how he has gifted me. I can't do a multitude of things, but I can do what God's called me to do and what he's put in my life. And so my identity is in Christ And it frees me up from judging others. Why aren't they doing what I'm supposed to be doing? No, that's not your responsibility. They'll answer to the Lord. Let that take care of it. Or it frees me from comparing. Oh, I can't do anything. Look how good they are at that. And look how good they are at that. No, this is what God's called me to do. This is today what he wants me to do. And my life is identified with him. That's what my life is all about. So I have no need to judge or compare myself with others. When I have identified with Christ, I have a way of escape for every temptation. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. First Corinthians chapter 10, when Christ is my life, when, when I have identified with a child of God, I have identified that I'm forgiven, that I'm in fellowship with him. When Christ is my life, I have a way of escape for every temptation. Notice verse 13, first Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. I'm in the wrong chapter, okay? Here we go. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. Notice this. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but will with every temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Notice this. I'm identifying with Christ. And what does he say? God said, I am faithful. With every temptation that comes into your path, God said he would provide a way of escape that we could bear it, that, that we could 
walk in victory in in the midst of the temptation. Who whose power is doing it? It's God's. And it's as I identify with him that I know his power and I understand there's no temptation that is unique to me. Well, nobody has faces what I face. God says, yeah, it's common to all men. And God will provide when I'm identifying with Christ. I have a way of escape for every temptation. And yet at times, in the midst of temptation... We do not choose God's way and we fail. And he says, but in Christ, my failure is not final. He says, a just man falls seven times and rises up again. In our failure, he says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Our failure does not have to be final. Because my hope is not in my efforts. Oh, look at I failed. My strength and my hope is in Christ. And Christ says, come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. You confess your sin, I'll forgive you, we're able to get up and go on. You are, you are pardoned, you have a fresh start and a new way in Christ, not in ourselves. In ourselves, our failure will be final. But sometimes it's not our failure, it's other people's failures that affect us. And other people's failures do not have to be fatal. You may have had someone in your life that you really looked up to. They may have been instrumental in you coming to Christ. And and they had a miserable, disastrous failure in their life. And we could we could list Names, big names in Christianity that have failed miserably. And sometimes people's faith is shaken. Oh man, what happened to Ravi Zacharias? Wow, oh man, I don't know. My my faith isn't in Ravi Zacharias. My faith isn't in any man. My identity is in Jesus Christ. And it doesn't matter if all the people fail. Jesus Christ never fails. And honestly, you, you, you watch anyone long enough and they will disappoint you. As your pastor, I have disappointed you. And if not, I will. You attend a church long enough and it will disappoint you. You serve others, and you will be disappointed. And many times people get bitter, they get upset, they leave, they quit. 
because of what others have done or not done, and yet they've lost their identity in Christ because Christ has never failed you. And and you can be around Christ all your life and you will never be disappointed in Him. When our identity gets to be in other people or ministry or serving, it will be disappointing. Other people's failure is not fatal to your faith when your identity is in Christ. One more reason. When Christ is my identity, I have reason to endure hardship, rejection, and suffering. Paul said, we read all the things he experienced, shipwreck, stoning, falsely accused, all these things. And he's writing to those at Colossae and he said, set your affection, set your love on things above, on what you are in Jesus Christ. It is only that that is going to make you endure the rejection you may face in this life. It is only your identity in Christ that's going to make you be able to go through the failures that you've done and be victorious on the other side. It's only Jesus Christ. We are complete in Him. Not in Grace Baptist Church. Not in anything else. It is in Jesus Christ alone. And and in understanding what we have in Jesus Christ, it is like, I can endure all these things for the sake of Jesus Christ. Johann Sebastian Bach, perhaps the greatest composer of music ever, if not the greatest, one of the greatest, lost his little daughter and then three sons, and then his wife. Then he remarried, and then he and his second wife lost four more daughters and three sons. Eleven children he lost. Where did he find the strength to continue? And not only continue, but to write music. At the end of his music, he always wrote sola deo gloria, meaning glory to God alone. And in the beginning, he wrote, Lord, help. There you have the secret, how he could endure hardship and suffering because his whole purpose for life was to the glory of God. My identity is Jesus Christ. And he said, Lord, help me. I can't do it in and of myself, but my purpose is to glorify you. And this is something we have to keep bringing ourselves back to. 
bringing ourselves back to what we are in Christ. When, when you see yourself chasing after the desires of just this life, that that has become consuming in your life, that's, that's a reminder from God like, where's your identity? When, when you find yourself overcome with fear and, oh no, what about this and what, what's the economy going to do and what's this and it's like, wait a minute, where is my identity? It is a wake-up call to get you back to have your identity in Christ. When, when you find, you know, I've, I've let my desire for the Word of God, it's disappeared in my life. It's like, whoa, where is my identity? My identity's more in my life. When you're caught up in condemning others or comparing yourself to others and others are looming large in your life, it's a wake-up call from God saying, Wait a minute. It's who you are in Jesus Christ. It's you and me, God is saying. When you throw a pity party because you failed and you're feeling sorry for yourself and I can't do anything right and I'll never amount to anything, it's a wake-up call from God to say, it's not about you about Jesus Christ. Where's your identity? When others fail you and you invested in them and, and they've disappointed and what's the use of caring for others and, and maybe you've been lied about and, and again you turn inwardly and, and bitter and it's a wake-up call from God to say, wait a minute, your identity isn't in what they think of you or how they live your life. Your identity is in Jesus Christ. When hardship comes, I even hate to say when hardship comes, when we read about the Apostle Paul and read about Johann Bach, not minimizing, I know many of you have had great hardships, but when hardship comes and we're prone to feel sorry for ourselves, it's a wake-up call to say, wait a minute, my life is in Christ. That is the purpose of my life. It's God's opinion that counts. And it's what God says that matters and God says, I'm a child of His, and I am forgiven, and I am justified, and He has blessed me, and He loves me. Even when you have a hard time loving yourself, God still loves you with an everlasting love. Your identity doesn't depend on what you do or have done. It depends on what Christ has done. And it's coming back to resting in the work of Christ. Heavenly Father, I pray that we would be reminded today as believers of what you have done and are doing in our lives. And Lord, I pray if there are any here today that have never 
given you control of their life, that they've never acknowledged their need of forgiveness through Jesus Christ, I pray today that they would call upon you for the forgiveness of sins and come to know the fullness of your provision in their life of pardon, of forgiveness, of adoption into your family, of truly basking in the love of you. Lord, I pray you would accomplish your purposes in our lives. And that we would come to truly realize what we have in you. So, Lord, minister through your Spirit as only you can. We pray in Jesus' name with thanksgiving. Amen. I'm going to change the schedule you guys have. Can we get before the throne of God up again? As we were singing that this morning, I thought, man, this is...